Hello, and welcome to The Frame Podcast. This is part of the implementation series where we look at interesting initiatives and try to figure out why they work and how they work. Today, we have with us Cindy Moffat Forsyth, Director of the Integrated Youth Services Network in Wellington, Guelph. Cindy is a community supporter, a very passionate advocate for youth mental health and wellness. She's been in this space a long time. In fact, she was just honored by the Guelph Y as one of the Women of Distinction of 2021. So Cindy, thank you so much for joining us. Could you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? I'm a regular mom. I have two daughters, and one of my daughters uh, suffers and struggles from mental health issues. Professionally, I'm a fundraiser, and now I'm the lead of the Integrated Youth Services Network in Wellington County and Guelph, which is situated in southwestern Ontario. We're about 45 minutes west of Toronto. My journey started 17 years ago when my daughter started to struggle with mental health challenges. And we spent a significant amount of time and energy to try to navigate the mental health system. We saw multiple experts were referred to multiple agencies and organizations. My daughter had to tell her story repeatedly, which was traumatizing and resulted in her not wanting to see anyone. So I've tried to navigate the system. It's siloed, it's broken, and we need to do something to fix it. So when I heard Dr. Joanna Henderson's model of Youth Wellness Hubs Ontario, that is what I wanted for our community. The Integrated Youth Services Network is a very fascinating initiative. Can you give us a little bit of the history and context behind how this came about? In 2018, a Dr. Joanna Henderson came to talk to our Rotary Club the Rotary Club of Wealth. She talked about a centralized integrated service delivery model that put the youth at the core of everything that they do. Our club was intrigued by the idea and a few of us got together to try to figure out what would be the next steps to bring this model to our area. And so did the Rotary Club have specific stakeholders in mind about uh, starting this initiative or how did it really get off the ground? So about 15 to 20 of us got together and we invited some key community leaders, uh, the Guelph Community Foundation, the leader of the Canadian Mental Health Association, Waterloo Wellington, the Guelph Y CEO, and we brainstormed on what would be the best way to move this forward. And we decided that we needed to figure out if there was even an appetite among service providers to entertain this new model. So we organized a workshop, a full day workshop. We invited Joanna Henderson to come to speak and explain about the model. We invited uh, Enid Grant from Luminous to come and talk about the practicalities of the model. We invited um, our local public health to give us the stats and data on what was happening in our community. Over 62 people attended that event in November of 2018. And what we did was we presented the model and then we broke out into breakout groups. And we asked our service providers the tough questions. Were they willing to break down the silos to work together to bring this new model to our area? And at the end of the day, there was a a resounding positive response. From there, we formed a steering committee and rolled our sleeves up and started down the path of bringing this model to Guelph and Wellington County. 
So after those first meetings and getting everybody together, how did it evolve from there? Where are you now? In January of 2019, three significant decisions were made that shaped the model that we have today. The first significant decision that was made is we decided that the Integrated Youth Services Network would not become a charity. We didn't want to compete with our partners and service providers. We wanted to be a consortium, a collaboration entity. In order to do that, we needed a backbone organization. And that's where this Canadian Mental Health Association, Waterloo Wellington, stepped up to the plate and offered to be that backbone organization. The second significant thing that happened is we knew we needed to raise money. And so the Guelph Community Foundation stepped up to the plate and said, we'll be your primary fundraising holder of the funds. So they created an endowment fund and a flow-through fund that houses our funding. And all of our partners, our core partners, are charities. One is a municipality and one is a university. But all of them are not-for-profits and charities where that money can be flowed to. So when we embarked on our fundraising campaign, we used the funds at the Guelph Community Foundation to gather those dollars. The last significant thing that happened in January of 2019 was a conversation that I was privileged to attend between Joanna Henderson and RMP Lloyd Longfield. Lloyd Longfield asked Joanna, what was the next evolution of these hubs? And she responded in a three-pronged approach. The first was rural youth. We are not meeting the needs of rural youth well anywhere across Canada. So for heaven's sakes, don't build a great big center in downtown Guelph because you'll be missing the majority of the youth that you want to serve. The second point Joanna made was transitional aged youth between the ages of 16 and 24 are falling through the cracks in droves. They don't know how to navigate the adult system. And frankly, I don't know how to navigate the adult system, so I don't know how a 20-year-old could do it. She suggested that we partner with an academic institution. Well, the University of Guelph was already at the table from our November meeting and already wanted to be a partner, so they were a natural fit. And then the third component was the integration piece. So if you're going to have multiple sites, then integrate them. So have all your service providers be on one database system so that they can access a use file with the use permission. So therefore, the youth doesn't have to repeat their story over and over and over again. Fast forward to today, we have seven sites and we use the term seven sites, one door. We have three sites up and running in Wellington County. We partnered with Big Brothers Big Sisters Center Wellington in Fergus. They have 2,000 square feet, which they're using for service delivery. And across the hall, we're building another 6,000 square feet thanks to the Skyline Group of Companies. They donated $600,000 to develop that site, and that space will be ready in June of 2021. Those two sites will work in partnership. So they can use the commercial kitchen uh, at Big Brothers Big Sisters site, or they can use the recreational space that we're developing across the hall. We want it to be very collaborative, and we don't want the youth to know that there's any difference between using any of that space. The second site is in Erin, 
and we partnered with East Wellington Community Services. They were already down the road, as was Big Brothers Big Sisters Centre Wellington in building a youth space. They loved the Youth Wellness Hub's Ontario model. Uh, they are now up and running and they are collaborating uh, with the Wellington County partners to deliver online services. And then our third partner was Minto Mental Health. So the town of Minto formed a task force called Minto Mental Health to try to address the mental health needs in their community. When we met with them in late 2018 and explained this model, they loved it. And fast forward to today, we've got a space right across from the Palmerston High School, Norwell District High School, Minto Township and Mapleton Township have collaborated together to rent that space, and we've raised the money to renovate it to make sure that it's youth-friendly. In all of these sites, we have collaborated with youth. We've made sure that youth have been at the center of all of the design aspects, the programming aspects, and the service delivery aspects. In Guelph, we have four sites. Significant construction is required in those sites, so they won't probably be ready until 2022, late, early 2023, with the exception of the University of Guelph. They're renovating a building. It will be ready in the fall of 2021, and it is very innovative in the fact that there are lots of universities across Canada that are involved in the research aspect of youth wellness hubs. But the University of Guelph is actually a service delivery partner, which means University of Guelph students can go into any one of the six hubs and also the University of Guelph hub and vice versa. Community youth can also go on to the University of Guelph campus to seek the care that they need. The Guelph Y was an early adopter of this new model. After all, the YMCA is in the mental health business, so it's all about mind, body, and spirit and bringing all of that together. So they were a natural partner of ours. They will be building on 6,000 square feet onto their existing building for a youth hub. Then we have CMHA, so Canadian Mental Health Association, Waterloo Wellington, is building a new facility in the north end of Guelph. And they've given us 8,000 square feet in that building so that we can build a youth hub there. And then Sheldale Family Gateway is a small charity in Guelph, which delivers integrated services on a smaller scale to a small community in Guelph. And what we want to do is raise money so we can expand that program. This initiative is really interesting in the fact that you have seven different sites that have really come together that typically wouldn't have worked together. In your opinion, what are some of the factors that helped facilitate this sort of collaboration? In my opinion, this speaks to the need of our community. This speaks to people not knowing the answers, but knowing that we're stronger if we come together to find the answers. What does integrated youth services mean to you? It means treating youth in a holistic manner. A 13-year-old walks into a youth hub has precarious housing, is suffering from anxiety, and needs a job. So instead of referring them to three different agencies, we actually bring those three agencies together to meet with the youth and help formulate a plan in collaboration with that youth to address those three needs. And you actually build the plan in collaboration with the youth. 
I think you touched on a really great point there that we need to consider the needs and wants of the youth in these hubs and considerations for youth friendliness. Can you talk a little bit about some of the interesting initiatives or ways that the hubs are ensuring that youth friendliness? Very early on when we were exploring the Youth Wellness Hubs Ontario model and the integrated youth services model across Canada, it became very clear that if we didn't have youth input, we might as well stop the process. I remember in 2019, I was giving a, uh, a talk to a group of youth and I was explaining this new model. And after I was done, um, a young woman, probably about 14, 15, stood up in the room. There was about 25 youth in the room. Talk about me being intimidated. Anyways, she stood up in the room and she looked at me and she said, if you make these hubs all about mental health and addiction, we're not coming. And I, I, I really took a step back and I said, what would allow you to come? And she said, make it about coffee, having coffee with my friends, make it about I can pick up a snack, make it about having a movie night, make it about shooting a game of pool or playing foosball or having video games. Then when I'm comfortable, I might ask for help, but not until then. And that has really struck me. And I've tried to live by by her words. We cannot make this all about mental health and addiction. It That's a scary topic. And there's too much stigma. We have to make this about, oh, you need to access internet because there isn't a great internet in rural Erin. Uh, sure, come on in and uh, you can use the high-speed internet at no cost. It's okay to plug your phone in. It's okay to grab a snack. It's okay to bring a friend o- over and hang out and play video games. That's what we need to make these youth hubs about. And then they'll ask for help. So we have really gone out of our way, especially during COVID, to try to bring youth together, to seek out their opinions, to get their input on everything that we do. So it is all about making youth feel valued and authentically using their input. There is such momentum from youth in our community. And I believe that's because we're listening to them authentically and we are treating them as equals. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the governance of this model. You know, how do you keep people together? How do you make decisions? So once a month, we come together with our core partners. We call it a partnership table. It's really a consortium. So we have the Canadian Mental Health Association, Waterloo Wellington CEO, the CEO of the Guelph Community Foundation, the Guelph Y CEO, Sheldell Family Gateway CEO, the Vice Provost of the University of Guelph, the CEO of Wellington Community Services, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, Center Wellington, and Mental Mental Health CEO. And of course, we have the Rotary Club of Guelph. So up until July of 2020, I was a volunteer on this project. So I really led the meetings. We operated under Robert's Rules of Order, and we made decisions really early on on what our guiding principles were going to be and that we were going to operate on a consensus model. So we all needed to agree in order to move forward. 
In July of 2020, it became obvious that we needed a full-time person to lead this initiative, a staff person. And the group decided that they would post for the job. I applied for the job and I was given the job to run the Integrated Youth Services Network, Guelph Wellington, and bring this model to fruition. We still operate on those guiding principles and we still operate under a consensus model. We are at what's called an integrated governance model. It's wonderful that all the stakeholders are sort of working together now, but were there any barriers along the journey that you had to overcome and and how did you manage to overcome them? There were multiple barriers. There always is in a project of this size. Our attitude was that if someone said no, we interpreted that as no, not yet. So yes, there were skeptics. Yes, there were people that were adverse to change. But we kept moving on with the partners that wanted to partner with us. Our whole philosophy is that this is about working together. This is about win-win relationships. This is about a high degree of trust, which is the driving factor in our success. So when people said no or hesitated, we just took that as that's okay. When you're ready, there's room for you at the table. So we really wanted this to be an inclusive initiative. The other barrier would be financing. We knew we had a tough road ahead of us. Guelph and Wellington County are small communities compared to like Toronto and Vancouver. And so we, $10 million is a very big campaign for our community. We were really fortunate that there were some large companies like Linamar who wanted to get behind us and really believed in the cause. And so we created a campaign cabinet and they started fundraising at the beginning of COVID. And we've been very successful with our fundraising efforts so that we've been able to get Wellington County up and running. We've been able to set the stage for the construction for the Guelph Y and for the Canadian Mental Health Association, Waterloo Wellington's building. So anytime the barriers seem to get in the way, there also seem to be people that I could go to, to diminish the barriers and move things forward. It really is about talking to the right person to address whatever the barrier seems to be. So there, it's really been a community effort, and it really is all based on trust. You bring up a great point about trust. So how was that built? Was there existing trust among the stakeholders, or did you have to start from scratch? There was existing trust. These community leaders all know each other. They had worked together before on other projects. What brought us all together was the focus on youth mental health, but they most definitely knew each other and had that pre-existing trust already built in. So it was easy to build on that trust. We also put into place uh, memorandums of understanding so that everyone knew exactly what was expected and, and when. We made sure that we collectively created guiding principles. So we all agreed on what those guiding principles were. And then, of course, as I mentioned, we had that consensus model baked into our uh, leadership table. So you talked a little bit about securing the physical locations and spaces for these initiatives. How has that changed in light of COVID? 
it's changed significantly. The actual spaces uh, were secured uh, because of our partnership. So let's start with Big Brothers Big Sisters Center Wellington. They already were in the midst of building their entity when we first met them. It's called the Beehive, and it's in Fergus. They had their grand opening on March 13th of 2020, and then had to turn around and shut down on a Monday. So that had significant impact. In Erin, East Wellington Community Services wanted to open the Main Street Youth Centre in April of 2020, and it couldn't open until the fall when some of the restrictions were lifted. Minto Mental Health secured their site last June. We anticipated opening in August. And of course, because of COVID, we couldn't renovate the building. And even then, when we tried to get materials, it has been a tough slog because of the supply chain. So all three sites have operated in different capacities. We all have come together. We're offering online services. We have a Be Together talk series. We have a youth engagement working group uh, that comes together once a month. We have a program that the youth named called Adulting 101, which is a 10-part series where they tell us what they want to learn about, and we go out and find the experts to teach them. We've started trivia nights online to help uh, youth cope, and we're about to implement a tutoring program, So, uh, and it's all online. So as the restrictions lift, what we're hearing from students and youth in the areas is we want to physically be in the spaces. So what we have to do is figure out what that is going to look like from a social distancing point of view and how we do this gradually. But our sites are ready in Wellington County to open the doors. We just have to do it in a socially responsible way. The other thing I should mention is we have a number of working groups that are working in collaboration to move certain projects forward. So we have a youth engagement working group, a family engagement working group. We have a campaign cabinet that I mentioned. We've got a peer support working group that's helping us with training. And we've been working alongside some of the other well-established peer support training programs so that we could do a hybrid model for our youth ambassadors that we're hiring this summer to be in the sites. We are involved in a number of studies. Homewood Research Institute is actually studying the or evaluating the implementation of this model because we've been asked by other jurisdictions to see about scaling this model across Ontario, across Canada. Do you have any final thoughts or words of advice for others that are trying to start similar initiatives? Yes. If you see a need, step up. There are ways to make this work. None of this is my idea. I'm just a mom who wanted to do something so that others didn't have to go through the same pain and agony that I went through watching my daughter suffer and try to get her help. There are ways to make this a staple in every community across Canada. There's a way to put youth at the center of everything that we do so that we can help them build a strong, bold, successful future. It starts by opening our minds and thinking about ways we can do things differently. We have to look at what is best in our society. And if we have to tear things down and rebuild them, we've got to do that. 
anyone can bring this model to their community. It's not about reinventing the wheel. It's about taking a proven evidence-based model and bringing it to your community to help your youth. I applaud the efforts of FRAME and Youth Wellness Hubs Ontario and the Foundry and Access Open Minds for coming before us so that we could learn. And they've all been so open to sharing their information and collaborating. It is a truly remarkable initiative across Canada, and I am privileged to have a small piece in bringing it to Guelph and Wellington County. So Cindy, I want to thank you for joining us on this podcast. I think we have all learned something from your Integrated Youth Services Network. It's a fascinating initiative, and I wish you the best of luck in the future. Thank you. Since the initial recording of this podcast, the Integrated Youth Services Network of Wellington Guelph has undergone a rebranding. They are now known as the Grove Hubs and are now part of Youth Wellness Hubs Ontario. With support of Homeward Research Institute, the Grove Hubs was able to undertake a developmental or process evaluation. This evaluation helps to provide evidence for the replicability of the model or key components within the model for other jurisdictions. I highly recommend checking out the report. It is linked below.